Panthers Insider Show with former Good morning, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Panthers Insider. With you for the next hour, 8 to 9 a.m., as we are every Saturday. Talking pit sports, I'm Pat Bostick. You're listening to 93.7 The Fan, which is the home of the Pitt Panthers, and a lot of pit talk today as pit basketball, men's basketball, is on the road in Blacksburg, Virginia, a big road test in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Panthers and Hokies will square off at 5 o'clock with coverage here on The Fan. Bill Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken with the call. 5 o'clock tip. Big game in Blacksburg for this men's basketball team that's currently sitting at first place in the ACC. And we seem to kind of come to come to grips with this every week that as we progress through the month of February, and we're winding to a close here in the month of February, just about 10 days left in the month, that Pitt is continuing to be more relevant nationally on the basketball front. Now, they're not getting recognized for it, obviously, and that's the topic of much debate. Uh, the rankings, obviously, are not uh, including the Panthers, haven't included the Panthers. I would, I would go as far as to say that if the Panthers win this game today on the road, a quad one win, if you will, uh, there's a pretty good chance they'll be ranked uh, heading into next week. There's been a lot of a lot of attrition, a lot of losses have happened uh, for teams ahead of them in the rankings. The Panthers were somewhere around 29th um, last Monday when the rankings came out. You know, Certainly going into next week with a, a resounding victory over Boston College Tuesday night and then obviously a, a big road game and opportunity today in Blacksburg, they would bolster their resume. But yeah, I almost feel like the lack of ranking has, has given the Panthers more attention. Um, it's almost as if some of the pundits nationally that perhaps would have included them have rallied behind them, whether it's Jay Billis or Joe Lenardi talking about them being a lock for the tournament at whatever seed they are. Um, you're, you're seeing that, that conversation kind of bubble up. All the while, the Panthers will tell you they don't have a chip on their shoulder as a result of not being ranked, but how can you not? I mean, it's a, it's a team that's won six straight games. This is a team that's won seven road games in the league. It's a team that has beaten four teams that are that have been ranked ahead of them, um, including Northwestern. Obviously, they've beaten Miami. They've beaten Virginia. They've beaten NC State. Uh, this is a team that's done pretty much all you need to do to be considered in that top 25. Now, did they start the season the way a top 25 team would start the season? No, um, certainly not. But this is a Virginia Tech team today that started the season, um, you know, projected to be a you know true competitor for a league title and in the top 20. So things change. Things change, and they can change quickly in, in the world of sports. And I think, you know, if, if history has been any, any teacher for us, this is a much different script uh, for Pitt, no pun intended, than in past. You know, in the past four years under Jeff Capel, it's been a team that started off hot, maybe gotten a, a notch to win or two in the, in the non-conference that, that get people's attention, Started conference play with a couple nice wins, um, particularly coming off of a season in 2018 where there were no conference wins, and then managed to kind of gradually fall off the map. Uh, this team's done the reverse, and when you boil it down, all that matters right now, and, and we're, we're heading into you know playoff month here in, uh, in basketball, into, into March, you're heading into crunch time, and this team's playing without question its best basketball. Without question, it's best basketball. And it's been fun to watch. I want to talk to you about it. Give me a call, 412-928-9370. 
talk some pit hoops, whatever you really want to talk about today. We're going to go the first two segments, keep things open, talk about Pitt's path, what's important uh, about these upcoming games, five remaining games on the Panthers' 2022-23 remaining regular season schedule. Five opportunities with an opportunity to finish with 20 wins for the first time since Jamie Dixon's last season in 2015-16. Long time ago. Had an opportunity to secure a double bye in the ACC tournament and certainly certainly qualify for the big dance for the first time in those eight seasons as well. So a lot on the table for the Panthers. We'll talk about that, kind of chart the course. Want to take your calls. Again, 412-928-9370. We're here from 8 to 9 a.m. Also, want to talk a little bit pit wrestling. We'll close uh, the regular season out today at home against Duke with an opportunity to secure a, a portion share, uh, whether whether it's split or cut in thirds, regardless, uh, share a league championship, an ACC title, something the Panthers haven't haven't done in some time. Keith Gavin doing a nice job with that program, a number of number one seeds, Nino Bonacorsi, a local product uh, who's been here a long time, ranked number one in the country. We'll talk to actually the sport administrator for for pit wrestling, for pit men's soccer, and a new inductee into the Pitt Johnstown Athletic Hall of Fame, Jen Toscano. Jen is of Myersdale High School uh, legend. She is uh, she's a former broadcaster. She called Pitt women's basketball games for a very long time. Uh, she she's worked her way through the athletic department at Pitt, and uh, plays a huge role in, in a lot of things that I don't think a lot of people know about. And I think it's fitting we'll have Jen on. She she also serves as Pitt senior women SWA senior women's administrator, and we're in the 50th year of Title IX being in existence, and Pitt will be celebrating that tomorrow prior to the women's basketball game at home at the Peterson Event Center, the nice reception uh, in the Pete and the Campus U Club. We'll talk to Jen about the importance of Title IX. Certainly it's impacted her life uh, in many ways, both professionally and, and certainly uh, as a competitor uh, when, when she was a, just a dynamic scorer at Pitt Johnstown. We'll talk about a lot of those things, some of the coaches she manages, the programs that uh, she she seems to be involved with are doing very, very well, um, inclusive of, of Pitt wrestling, Pitt men's soccer, and at Pitt women's basketball, that's winners of three or four. So we'll talk to her about all of that coming up at 845. We're going to keep things open and just keep talking some Pitt hoops here for the next oh, 25, 30 minutes or so. Let's talk about Tuesday night. I was worried about Tuesday night against Boston College. It was a game that I felt like was, you know, classic trap game. Classic coming off the road, Florida State got the monkey off your back against them. Come home Tuesday night, 9 o'clock game. Was not a great crowd. Tough tough draw Tuesday, 9 o'clock. I mean, not sure why that has to be a thing, but it is. Um, I guess TV is is to blame. But, it, you know, all the reasons, right, for a, for a letdown. And the first eight or so minutes of the game weren't weren't pretty for Pitt. They weren't able to get going offensively the, the way that you'd like. Jamarius Burton wasn't able to penetrate. They were doing a, a lot to try to stifle and confuse and, and frustrate him. Blake Hinson obviously made a couple couple triples early, which was what's nice. Federico got got going, but you know, with Quentin Post down there for Boston College, the way they play physically, it looked like it was going to be an ugly game early, uh, and that's what BC wanted. Earl Grant talked about that after the game. He, he wants an ugly game, keep it in the 60s, you know, classic old Big East game. 
and through the eight minute, you know, under eight, uh, under a twelve minute timeout, it was like, I guess that's what, what it's going to be. And, and Pitt's equipped to win those games. They've done it before. Um, they've certainly done it before. Did it against Virginia. They've done it in games where they have not shot well, but found a way to to defend and rebound and you know basically will their way to victory. But once again, you know, and this is similar to the Louisville game the two Tuesdays ago. Once again, they, they flipped the switch at some point. And I really think it started with Jamaris Burton's defense. And, and this guy, I just want to take a second to make a comparison. It, obviously, their routes are different, but, and I, I'm not saying he has this, necessarily the star power of this guy, but Jamarius reminds me of, of what Kenny Pickett was to Pitt in 2021 for football. And again, just bear with me as I as I talk through this. Certainly touched the ball on every possession. He's able to create for others. He's certainly the emotional leader of this team. The guy is unwilling to even consider losing. And he's brought the intensity up of everyone around him. Now, Jeff Capel and company have surrounded him with, I think, better character, better talent, all those things. But... You just feel like Jamarius is going to make a play. And I haven't felt that way about a Pitt basketball team in a long time. And, and then there's two or three other guys that, you know, fit the role of, you know, the, the, the supporting cast, if you will, but a prominent supporting cast that if Jamarius isn't going, they can go. You know, they can, they can make a play. They can make a shot. They can make a stop, a block, grab a board. They've, they've, they've put these complementary pieces together in such a way that this team is, I think they're really hard to beat. Now, time will tell how, how, how far they can take that and at what point that they'll meet you know, a team that, that is, is a match for, for that and, and puts them in a situation where they're stressed. There, certainly that's happened before this season, but really for the last, you know, outside of the Florida State game, you know, even at Duke, I mean, the Duke second half, obviously, Duke just was on a tear. And Pitt, that was about as poor a you know offensive ball movement as we've seen, and then FSU that was that was a similar refrain. But since that point, no one playing better basketball than Pitt. If you just watch them play, I'm not talking about you know they don't have they don't have a first round draft pick or a lottery pick, but just watch them play, watch them play together. And it comes back to me and in, in these veteran leaders and and Jamarius being, you know, the foremost among them. And his ability to lead this team. That Nellie Cummings has a game. Nike Sabandi has a game. Blake Henson's been terrific. Often off the catch, though, right? He's catching and shooting. But we've seen him take the ball to the rack a little bit, too. Get fouled, get to the line. Federico playing his role and becoming more of a viable target to rim run and dunk and block shots on defense. The Twins coming of age. But it starts with player leadership. And Jeff Cable talked about that. This week, he talked about, you know, going into the huddle and, and saying, guys, what do you want to run? What do you think? Turn into his team because he trusts their judgment. He trusts their instincts. You don't get that with a team that's not together and cohesive and led by veterans. It's really been fun to watch. But today's a big one. And we're going to talk about a succession of big ones. As we progress here on Panthers Insider, I want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. Phone lines are open. 
Take your questions, your calls, your comments on Pitt basketball. Tuesday night home game at the Peterson Event Center against Georgia Tech. And then obviously a big game next Saturday. Already announced as a sellout at the Peterson Event Center. Pitt against Syracuse. Obviously a little bit of venom, vitriol, whatever. In that matchup, added spice by Jim Beheim, But nonetheless, a, a, another consequential game with a classic rival. And we're talking about these games meaning a lot at this time of year for Pitt basketball. It certainly has been fun, and we'll continue to chart the Panthers' path forward next. You're listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Panthers Insider, continues this morning. A beautiful morning, sun shining through the uh, studio windows here. Good to get some vitamin D today. Looks like a relatively warm weekend, which is... uh, we had like four seasons in a day and a half on Thursday and Friday between 70 degrees on Thursday and then a like 12 degrees yesterday morning, whatever it was. So we'll take it. It's been a mild winter. I was thinking about that. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm not complaining. Not having to shovel in the morning is a good thing. But we're talking pit basketball today. We're going to talk some pit wrestling, some Title IX, some pit women's basketball with Jen Toscano coming up here at 845. Colleague of mine, legend. Pitt Johnstown Athletics Hall of Fame. But first, we'll go out to the phone lines with Matt. Matt, good morning. Hey, Pat. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good, good. So, what I want to talk about that's really frustrating um, is, I'm sure you've heard it thousands of times almost at this point, are about racketologists, the nets, <laughs> everything that goes into that. Um, yeah. and, and what's really frustrating as a Pitt fan, I know this was almost nine years ago, the Pitt's last really good team in 2013-14 with Tlaib Sauna, with Lamar Patterson, that team was a nine seed. But if you would have looked at the metrics back then, they finished the season ranked 11th in the Saragrin rankings. They had that back then. If they were doing it like they do now, that Pitt team probably would have been a top-four seed. Now you fast forward nine years. Now we're going to use the net. We're going to use a system that, for whatever reason, is putting Liberty and North Texas and Oral Roberts ahead of Pitt, which makes no logical sense whatsoever. And it just seems that consistently for the last 20 years, whenever Pitt's been going to the tournament, whether it's being set up in Milwaukee to play, Wisconsin as a three seed when they should have been a one, uh, whether it's being matched up somehow against the national runner-up from the year before, and then that team goes to the national final again, it always seems that Pitt gets a less than favorable draw, and it just it just gets old. Um, so the whole thing seems ridiculous. The net is absurd that you can rack up 15 quad four wins and no quad one wins our conference leading team. So I don't know what the answer is. It yeah. just seems ridiculous. Yeah, and Matt, I appreciate the call and, and the sentiment. I mean, I'm looking at the net rankings now, and, I mean, just looking at Pitt, you know, five and two in quad one games. You know, obviously Northwestern seven and four in quad one games, but four losses. Pitt's got five wins, two losses. Three and four, I guess, in quad two, not not the most helpful. But, I mean, it's – I guess I want to caution everyone not to get too spoiled too fast. 
with 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 where this program is is hopefully headed. Um, you know, certainly we'd like to see the success of this team uh, rewarded. Uh, rewarded with, most importantly, a double buy in the ACC tournament and a chance to win the ACC League Championship. That would be that trophy is a heck of a lot more important than whatever numbers next to your team name. Um, that would be terrific, and and obviously a trip to the NCAA tournament for for the first time in a very very long time. Um, you know, this is a big for a giant first step for for for, for Jeff Capel and this program moving forward. I, I know it's year five, but it's a giant leap, um, and I want I just want to be careful that. We don't get we, we don't expect too much from pundits that may still doubt the Panthers, and that's fine. That is absolutely fine. They've been doubted several times this year. I've had I've had guests on this program that have said they can't lose this game or have to win this game, and these are respected people like Mike DeCourcy. And the Panthers have answered the bell. They gotta continue to do that. But your argument is is on base. I mean I don't I don't know what makes sense and what doesn't. But at the end of the day, the W is is the most important thing, and and Pitt has five more opportunities to secure, um, you know, their position in the NCAA tournament, and obviously their position in the ACC tournament, which will, will also have an impact on the Big Dance. Let's go out to Steve. Steve, how are you? Hey, Pat, how you doing? I'm great, man. How about yourself? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, all, all I really want to do is just comment on how much I've enjoyed this season. I mean, I've been to three games this year, first time in probably a decade. This team has not been fun to watch uh, before this season, uh, just amongst the losing and just selfish play. Just everything's been wrong. But I tell you what, man, this year has been one of the funnest years and most enjoyable to watch this squad. I mean, they remind me of the old Pitt squads, their toughness, their unselfish, and they're fun to watch. Even even – I, I, I didn't like the last few years of when we went to the AC and uh, uh, Dixon was still here because the teams were just flat-out boring. I mean, you knew we were going to get beat in the first round. Uh, but this team is just fun to watch, man. And it just a, has brought back, uh, you know, I've, I've always you know, loved the squad. But, man, I've, I've really been renewed with the passion this year. I can't wait to watch them on TV, get to another game. And I, I tell you what, I want to give Cape all the credit along with the kids, just because I have been hard on them. I mean, let's be real. It's been five years. I mean, I'm sure he's expected more, and so of us Pitt fans. But I think he finally caught a break, uh, a little bit of luck on his side, and, and I think he's I think he's going to turn his team around for the long haul. So, I, And I feel bad for the kids with the rankings, uh, more so than for anybody else, because, man, these kids deserve it. I mean, they really do. These kids deserve it more than anybody. So keep doing what you're doing, Pat. Love what you're doing, and uh, hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt, Steve. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, I, I forget what game it was. I think it was after the NC State game. You know, we had the show, and I remember thinking, you know, this team just looks different. And I'm not, I don't profess to be prophetic or or some sort of uh, see in the future type person, but you just felt like they were going to continue to play together like that. There was there was some there was some permanence to their to the to the vibe that you felt. Um, and, and that's continued. It's it's gotten better. Um, I, I totally agree. They've got all the qualities of the of the the pit teams of old. I think the difference is they can really fill up the basket and shoot. Um, this team's scoring at a, at a much greater clip than than a lot of teams in pit history have. Uh, I'm not I'm not you know up to speed on all the statistics, but this is t- this is a team that's fun to watch play offense. They're fun to watch in transition. They get out fast. They run. 
They've got guys that can finish at the basket, and, and if things collapse on def- defense, got three, four, five guys that can make you pay from beyond the arc. So, again, I just continue to think they're a tough out, and primarily because of the culture. And I give Jeff Capel a lot of credit. There were there was, there was a lot of in and out in this program over the last four years, a lot of challenges. Um, there were some bright spots, but those bright spots were, were masked by – you know, late season drop-offs and, and what seemed like locker room issues. And, and he spoke to all that and owned it, owned it, reassessed things. Obviously, the transfer portal has been kind to him. But, you know, again, if you're able to get players like they've secured in the last couple of years, like Blake Henson and Jamarius Burton on their third school, hungry, won an opportunity. Nellie Cummings, you know, going up a level. Greg Elliott wants to go to a place that wins, have an opportunity to, to make an impact. You look at the pieces they put together. These aren't these aren't. This isn't Nigel Pack going to Miami. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't you know big name transfer X going to a school. Um, you know, for for whatever reason, we know what those reasons may be. Th- these are guys that fit, and I give Jeff a lot of credit for for finding that formula. And I I really believe that that formula has staying power, and will be proven out over time. Let's take it to Brian. Brian, you're on the fan. How are you? Good, Pat. Good morning. Uh, one thing I wanted to comment on is it just seems like the free throws are going down way at a way higher percentage than they have been in the past. And I think that might be, a, I, mean, I don't know the statistics, but it just feels like they're much better at the free throw line uh, than they have been in the past. And, and that makes a huge difference in the last you know, five minutes of a game when they're you know, only up by a handful. That, and, that, and that really does uh, help the confidence of the team, and it also uh, puts a little bit of a, a dagger in the other team's heart too when they can step to the line and you know knock down you know two free throws in a one-on-one situation. Oh, Brian, no doubt. I mean, this pit pit team is, and I appreciate the call. This pit team is shooting seventy-six percent from the line. Um, this pit team is is shooting seventy-six percent from the charity stripe. Let's let's take a look at just for instance, you know their competition at the top of the league. Let's take a look at Virginia, who the pit, the Panthers have already beaten one time, seventy percent. Okay, so very solid, very solid. Miami has, and I'm, I'm curious to see this stat as I pull it up, Miami's a team that is letting a lot of late-game leads get away from them. I, I, I go to the pit win, Carolina almost came back at them. Let's take a look at their free throw percentage. That's 77%. I, I was wrong. So you look at how important that is to winning, and, and again, I, I think it's a lot anecdotal uh, You know, in, in, in many respects. I think pit teams have, have not been poor th- free-throw shooting teams from a p- percentage standpoint. But if you look at kind of clutch free throw percentage, you know, end of game, one-on-one situations, double bonus situations, you make two of two, one of two. Um, this pit team has been – the games they've lost, there have been issues. Uh, you know, a couple front ends, a one-on-one's missed, and that, that make things either tighter at the end of the need to be or, or, or cause the pendulum to swing the other way. But this pit team is, has just been money. I mean, Jamarius Burton at North Carolina – are you kidding me? I mean, you talk about having ice in your veins and just, just drilling them. Um, that, that is a very important distinction for this team that, that I think separates it. Um, and, again, part of the reason you you got guys that are, let's be honest, they're 23, 22, 23 years old going to the line. They've been there before. This isn't you know, foreign territory to them. So they're going to the line with confidence. They're going to the line with the belief that you know, those, 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 two, those are two free points. And it makes a big difference, certainly when, when you're looking at winning games or losing games, because we know how long the last two minutes of a basketball game can be, 
and they can be exceptionally long if you're not putting the, the ball through the basket uh, at the free throw line. But Pitt's in a good position. Um, you know, five games left, and I just want to take a look at the sta- standings in the ACC. I know Kale Berger's on this afternoon. Pre-game show for the Pitt Panther Radio Network at 4.30 here on the fan with Bill Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken. I know they'll talk about all these things. These are big-picture things. But if you look at the ACC standings right now, the, the most important thing is you see that Pitt script at the top. And you see that Pitt script at the top at 12-3 and three in the league. Most league wins the Panthers have had since they're joining the ACC. Um, and certainly the most they've had since the heydays um, in conference play. Right behind them, Virginia. Uh, Virginia obviously playing really good basketball right now. Uh, got a controversial win against Duke, but they've won, gosh, they've won, I want to say, eight of their last ten games. Lost to Pitt. Beat Syracuse, Carolina, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Wake, BC, Syracuse. Lost to Virginia Tech on the road. Beat NC State, Duke, and then just beat Louisville by three. They finish out against Notre Dame at Boston College, at Carolina, and then versus Clemson at home before taking on Louisville in the season finale on the fourth. Probably, I would say, as you stack it up, not the most challenging finishing five games. Probably similar to Pitt's. Uh, schedule down the stretch in terms of a couple quality opponents that uh, aren't necessarily in, 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 the, in the, uh, the chase for the league crown, the regular season crown, but can certainly beat you. I mean, Carolina, at Carolina, they'll beat you. They can beat you. We, we saw that. We saw Clemson get beat by 20 there. Clemson's a team that has been up and down but still right in the thick of things. Uh, but the important distinction, I think, with Virginia and Pitt is you know, Pitt's got that head-to-head, and that head-to-head will matter in a tiebreaker. Uh, it'll really matter in a tiebreaker. So uh, Pitt with that head-to-head, they do, not, they do not play UVA again. Miami's a team that, you know, outside of the Panthers, and I'm biased, I don't think there's a team playing much better right now. They've won five straight. Their last loss was to Pitt uh, back in January at home, three-point loss to the Panthers. They play Wake Forest today at 2 o'clock uh, at home. Wake's a team that can shoot. They can beat you. They're at Virginia Tech on Tuesday. Uh, which will be a big game for them. Florida State at home, and then they finish things out with Pitt at home on Saturday the 4th. If things work out the way they could, that game could be for the regular season title, which obviously would be terrific for the Panthers and a a heck of a matchup against a very talented Miami team that is currently 15th in the top 25. But Panthers have won the first first stanza of that head-to-head, so that second head-to-head will be important. Clemson's sitting there 11-4 in the league. Uh, Miami is also a 12 and four in the league. Clemson 11 four. Panthers don't play Clemson again. They've lost to Clemson at home, so the, the Panthers don't need the Clemson to be uh, in the thick of things. Uh, and then things drop off. The teams with, with six losses: NC State, Duke, Wake Forest, Syracuse, all have six losses in the league. Again, if you do the math right, the Panthers then that gives the pa- Panthers have, have lost three games in league play. Um, a couple of these teams are going to beat each other, but um, I don't think you, there's not much wiggle room. And when you look at the, the kind of line of demarcation, right now, if, it's, if, if, if the season ended today, Pitt would be the number one seed in the ACC tournament. Virginia, Miami be right there. Clemson uh, would be the fourth seed. So you're looking at a two-game gap between those four teams and then the next, the next several teams at six losses. That's an important – that's that double buy in the ACC tournament is being top four in the league standings when the, when the regular season concludes. So you're looking at two or three games of wiggle room, likely, in terms of rem- the remaining schedule. Again, five games remaining. 
Panthers will face Vatek today, Georgia Tech Tuesday, Syracuse Saturday, Notre Dame on the road, and Miami on the road. Um, so a couple road games involved, three road games, two home games. Um, so important to get those home games and pluck off a couple road ones, and then you're right in the thick of the things heading into the end of conference play and heading into the ACC tournament. But big game today for the Panthers at 5 o'clock right here on the fan in Blacksburg. Panthers five-point underdogs last time I checked. Um, so certainly uh, a game that would uh, be, be nice to get uh, as a road as a road underdog, and certainly Castle Coliseum is a tough place to play, but it'll be a big opportunity for the Panthers. We're going to switch gears here next, talk to Jen Toscano, Executive Associate Athletic Director at Pitt, manages a number of the teams, Pitt's Senior Women's Administrator, talk to her about what Title IX means. I, I think there's a lot of talk about college athletics right now. They're, they're in the courts, the NCAA's in the courts. There's a lot of talk about kind of commercialization and, and unionization and, and all these things, and it'd be nice to get Jen's perspective just on you know, the, the student athletes she deals with on a daily basis, what their experiences is, uh, and not the football and basketball players. We're talking about student athletes that, you know, play a sport they love their whole life. They, they know they're probably not going to go pro in it. Um, that, that's, that, they'll have an opportunity to to play for a little bit. But some of these student athletes are, are just excelling, uh, certainly on the, on the fields of play and in competition, but also, also off. And what Title IX has meant to women's athletics equal opportunity, a chance for them to, to chase their dreams, get an education in the process. So we'll do all that and more next. Appreciate the calls. You're listening to Panthers Insider. Don't go anywhere. It's 93.7 The Fan. Welcome back to Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Pat Bostic here with you. Panthers Insider here wrapping things up. Last segment of this Saturday, February 18th. Big weekend for Pitt Athletics. Pitt Wrestling takes on Duke at high noon for a chance at a, a share of the ACC title, regular season title that is, ACC Tournament. For the Panthers coming up here soon, uh, they'll wrestle for a tournament crown. Obviously, Pitt men's basketball five o'clock tip-off against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. But right now, we go out to the hotline and we talk to the newest inductee of the Pitt Johnstown Hall of Fame, Jen Toscano. Jen, congratulations. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, Jen, you're a broadcaster, so you're used to this stuff. <laughs> Um, but what's it, what's it mean to uh, I know you're in the you're in the Myersdale Hall of Fame, um, you know. But UPJ is a special place, and I, we don't talk about that enough. Um, you know, in its lore, obviously, Pitt football went to camp there for years, but it's a great campus, and and obviously, you had a heck of a career there, scoring you know almost fourteen hundred points. But what's it mean to to get that call and and to get that induction into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, obviously humbled and honored by that recognition. I played uh, with a lot of great Lady Cat teammates that that certainly are also very well deserving uh, of Hall of Fame recognition. So when I got the call from Coach Pecora, uh, excited but but humbled at the same time again because there's a lot of great uh, student athletes that that competed uh, at Pitt Johnstown. So um, feel pretty lucky to to go into an inducted induction with um, other great. Uh, student athletes, um, but also a class of, of pretty successful students. Well, you know, Jen, obviously you've, uh, in, in this article on PittsburghPanthers.com that, that recognizes, you know, justly recognizes you, this, uh, this honor for you, mentions the various roles you've played in the Pitt Athletic Department over the years, including dealing with uh, knuckleheads like me as a, an academic uh, <laughs> advisor. But, you know, Pitt has had, and it's really started with Donna Sanft, um, but, but also Carol Sprague, I think she was a hall of fame inductee. I, I want to say it's slippery rock. Um, Pitt has had so many women that have led 
uh, Heather Like, obviously, you know, now leading the entire department that have led and been trailblazers, um, you know, in college athletics. And I, I think it's 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 not ironic. It's it's almost poetic that that this is happening in in the year of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. I just wanted to ask you, you're instrumental in that celebration. You deal with so many of our female student athletes. Give listeners a, a, just a, a maybe a glimpse into what Title IX has meant for college student athletes, not just at the Division One level, and what specifically it means to you. Yes, certainly, Pat. Obviously, the Title IX legislation uh, giving uh, equal opportunities uh, for for women and girls to to compete uh, in athletics at whatever level that is. And you know, I I'm a, a product of that. Certainly, uh, have great female mentors. You mentioned two of those with. Carol Sprague and Donna Samp, and then obviously the leadership that we have with, with Heather Like. Um, but I, I look back to my high school and my college days with, with the coaches that I had. I had great coaches that, that really paved the way for me and, and who I am today. Um, but that's, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to, to compete uh, at a very young age um, and to, to do everything, Pat, you know, from from Little League Baseball at the time. I, that's where there were no opportunities uh uh, for girls, uh, as it related to softball when, when I was playing, but played little league baseball and then obviously softball, volleyball, and basketball when, when I was in high school. But it, great opportunity. We get a, a really good chance this weekend to honor and celebrate the 50th anniversary on Sunday prior to our women's basketball game against Notre Dame. Um, but just the impact uh, that that has had on, on a lot of experiences for, for a lot of female student-athletes has been tremendous. Talking to Jen Toscano, newest inductee into the Pitt-Johnstown Athletic Hall of Fame, but also Executive Associate AD, SWA, Senior Women's Administrator for Pitt Athletics. You work very closely. We talk a lot about Pitt men's basketball, obviously the run they're having, but you know Pitt women's basketball of late, win- winners of three of four, um, very young team. What can you say about you know this kind of late season surge? Obviously not done yet, but what can you say about the late season surge and what Lance White has done with a very young team? Yeah, I think you talk about their perseverance, Pat, right? They came off of a, a non-conference schedule um, and were successful in the non-conference. And then uh, just like every other ACC sport, that league is one of the best in the country for women's basketball. And so night in and night out, they're going to get some of the best uh, women's basketball players um, and struggled early, right, losing their first 10 conference games. But as you mentioned, coming back over the course of the last three or winning the last three or four games, with three games to go, but those student athletes, they have six seniors that we're going to recognize on Saturday prior to the Notre Dame game um, that have been part of, of a rebuild in that program. And so they've got some great leadership with their, with their student athletes, their female student athletes. Um, and they just continue to fight hard night in and night out. They've had a lot of close games against Louisville, um, Notre Dame on the road. And so it's nice to see them turn the corner here in the last few games and, and, and come out on the winning end. Pitt wrestling today transitioned back to, to their opportunity to, to win a, an ACC championship. Uh, obviously, this is a team that's had tremendous individual success under Keith Gavin. Uh, but what makes this team different this year You know, from a, from a dual perspective? It seems like they're deeper, um, and, and obviously now it went away from a share of the regular season crown. What, what's different about this squad? Well, uh, obviously, you said it, Pat. They've they've got great leadership under our uh, former national champion and head coach Keith Gavin, and what he does uh, for that program is it is tremendous. Um, 
they, they've got some great leadership, too. Another opportunity here to recognize a, a really special class of seniors in Nino Bonacorsi and Mickey Philippi, who have been with the program for, for five years, respectively. Um, but they, the, wrestling is a different sport. You know, they, they grind every day and, and fight. Um, but but they're, they're no nonsense and, and a good opportunity here, as you mentioned, deep in a lot of weight classes. Um, to be able to come out and win uh, or, or share, I should say, uh, uh, clinch the regular season title. Last one for you, Jen. I, this is this is one we have to ask, Jen, because this is this is probably you've been a front you've had a front row seat to probably, in my estimation, one of the most improbable. I, I wouldn't even call it a, re, a resurgence, but but a rise to prominence of a program in pit men's soccer, and and you and Jay Vitovich work hand in hand. Um, your night and day. Um, just share with listeners because I think people have watched this from afar and they're starting to get closer to it. They're making their way out to Amber's Urbanic Field to watch this program play. But what is he like? Um, I, I certainly know, and I could I could share my perspective. But working with him every day, a, a living legend, right? A Mount Rushmore coach who has brought Pitt from the 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 brink of the, it was rock bottom to national prominence what's that been like for you working with them uh it, pretty special you know coach vitovich is is one of the best college coaches in the country had great success uh for a long time at wake forest before you know having a little bit of a taste of of transitioning to the professional soccer league um before deciding that that college men's soccer was was his home but you're right, Pat, when we look back over the last seven years and what, what Jay has been able to do um, for that program and continue to build it each year, that certainly didn't happen overnight um, with Jay. But his his plan, I'll never forget when we brought him on campus for, for an interview. Um, I dropped him off at the hotel, picked him up. At, he flew a red eye <laughs> in into Pittsburgh. I picked him up at the airport at 6.30 in the morning, dropped him off at the hotel so that he could get a little bit of rest. And I had handed him a um, just, a, just a binder that talked about Pitt Athletics, the, the campus, the university, uh, and the city. Um, and when I picked him back up at noon, Pat, he had that binder with him, and I'm pretty certain that he had made notes on every single page in that binder. So he's got a plan. Um, his, his recruiting is by far some of the best in the country when you look at uh, the combination of international student-athletes. Um, as well as, as local, uh, regional, and obviously a lot uh, on the East Coast. But he also surrounds himself with a great staff, um, and, and that helps. Um, but his vision and his plan that he has stuck with um, for seven years is impressive. Well, you're impressive too, Jen. We appreciate your time this morning. Congratulations again uh, on your honor. I know you'll be a part of some uh, probably emotional you know, ceremonies today with uh, some senior yes. day activities, which is always it's always uh, bittersweet, but uh, appreciate all you do for Pitt. And, again, congratulations. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate it. And there she goes, Jen Toscano, HOF. I used to say that to Carol Sprague all the time when she got inducted. It's cool to see that that continue to pay on and, and play out. Um, congratulations to Jen. She's been an awesome colleague, a mentor, a friend of mine, um, so many great people in the Pitt Athletic Department. I just want to close on that, really. Um, you know, Heather Heather said it this week, talking about some of the, you know, just the success going on at Pitt. 
um, and across the board in, in men's basketball, obviously wrestling, um, you know, the successes in the football program, um, certainly men's, women's soccer, volleyball. Uh, it takes a group. It takes a village. And, and we've got a really good village at Pitt. And it starts and ends with people and, and the people in this region. They come to love Pittsburgh, whether they're from here or not. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, as we as we wrap things up you know, with the Title IX, you know, conversation, um, you know, when you watch these student athletes play, when you, you obviously they're representing Pitt, we want to win. Um, but there's a whole lot more to these these young men and women than than uh, the result of the game or their or their statistics or performance. Um, they're special people. Um, they deserve opportunities, equal opportunities to to have that happen. Some of the legislation out there right now threatens that. To be honest, um, it threatens. You know, you can argue to the cows come home about value and worth and, and pay for play and all the things that, you know, there's a lot of money getting thrown around in football and basketball. But when you put that to the side, which it is a different animal, um, you know, the financial ramifications of, of, of some of the um, proposed legislation would, would threaten um, very considerably the, the vitality of, of some of the sports that provide these, these women uh, and young men. Uh, you look at wrestling and other and sports of, of that kind, uh, the opportunity to compete at the highest level, and we got to be really careful with that because it's a, an incredibly important part of the fiber of, uh, of of sports in America, and we get we're privileged to talk about it here on this show every Saturday, but also uh, across the country. So just keep that in mind. Enjoy watching the games today. Have a great weekend. Appreciate PGT Trucking, Voss TV and Appliance, Mac Discount, Beaver County Automotive for supporting the show and your calls most importantly. We'll be back next Saturday talking about Pitt's home game against Syracuse, and hopefully the Panthers are still riding that first-place wave. Have a great weekend. Hail to Pitt.